ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of Barstool Backstage, another week, another great interview. We have Glorious Sons on the podcast this week. Me and Dave sat down with their lead singer. Great conversation, really funny shit, great band. Go see them on the road. They're an awesome live band. Just as importantly, this week we have a returning co-host gone back from his fucking pilgrimage to Greece. We have Johnny Congos back in the building. Johnny, how are you, buddy? What's up, guys? It's been like, what, six weeks? But I join the zoom and it's like literally back to exactly how things were dave's complaining saying he doesn't care <laughs> kenny's i don't know what <laughs> you know kenny and then there's something to do with the eagles or the phillies or something <laughs> i got the fanatic headband on today to support my no, but I, i've missed you guys man and like i i wasn't really active on the chat or anything but you guys have been fucking killing it over the last month and it's been amazing to watch i mean when did you I, I, I'm kind of making that up a bit because I really didn't do anything other than sit on the beach, but I did watch a little bit. It's funny yeah. because I went through um I went through like all my emails and my spam emails and I never found an invite. It's I thought that it must have gotten <laughs> lost in the junk mail or something, but I didn't see one. Yeah, what did you do for like six weeks? I mean, do you want uh, we went we went to uh Rome for five days? Dante's on my list because he gave me some uh food recommendations around the city that were and you very went. fucking good oh yeah okay. uh and then we went to greece for three weeks because my one of my best friend's sisters was getting married and so went to the um, wedding um, went to the well, went to the bachelors beforehand um yeah what do you do for funny. a bachelor party I, I, in I, 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 uh drink all of the tequila on the island apparently it's good mm -hmm. enough i found out I, I hadn't met the I didn't think I'd met the groom before. Then I see him and he's like a really big dude, like ripped dude. And I was like, holy shit, he looks really fucking familiar. So I start flipping through my phone. 10 years ago, I have this vague memory of a giant bodybuilder style man pouring champagne down my throat. I pull up this picture and it's him. Just this dude I'd met, friends of friends, eventually ends up marrying one of my best friend's sister. You know, I got, these are my best friends, but obviously I don't live in South Africa. So I miss all this stuff. But it's like weird to see him. It's like, Oh, I do fucking know you. The last time we met, I was shit faced. You were shit faced, and here we are again, ten years later. Good times. Yeah. Did you ball out? Did you did you take advantage of the crumbling economy of Greece? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> completely, <laughs> completely. Hell yeah. Do you live like a king? Did you subjugate like a, anybody? Like a like a German, you mean? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't get yeah. that reference, but sure. The reference, the reference is like that's what the the Greeks and all the kind of southern European countries complain is that Germany is basically taking advantage of the southern Europe. That doesn't. We don't have to. We don't, we, don't have to we don't have to get political. Point is, it's it is it's pretty cheap there. It's not like I don't know. It's not amazingly cheap, but it's enough where you feel like oh, I can fucking order a bottle like bottle service and stuff and okay. not go bankrupt. Did you miss us at all? I did actually, man. I felt like I, I, I was. It's not that I missed you. It's like I wish that you were there to experience it with me because I know you guys would have gotten down with all my friends. Like, there's a lot of similarities in a way, and that's and then that's why I fucking have fun on this podcast because it just feels like talking with my friends. I just you know assume what I mean? that your brother Danny had like a fucking Sony A7 on a fucking Ronin, you know, gimbal mount, taking great videos that we can splice in with this. If you just fucking get no, I'm telling you that we did a proper actual vacation, just like shut off everything. No brains, no social, no nothing. How oh. awesome is that feeling? Good for you. 
Oh, dude, there's nothing better than that. And it, but you know, it's weird. It actually takes a while to do because for the first week, you're like, oh shit, I should check yeah, this. Yeah, and what yeah, about yeah, this? Yeah. You get two weeks and then you start and at the end of it. Your brain's like, uh oh, I'm leaving in a week. I better start rethinking again. But there's no one better, like I've said before, than the Greeks to teach you how to relax because, like, they just, I don't know, they just do relaxing and not caring better than anyone I've met. Dude, I've said it a hundred times. I've probably said it maybe only once, but like three weeks like is the minimum of a vacation of where you start to really feel like disconnected mm-hmm. from yeah. the home life in, a, in the in the best way is now a good time to bring up my GoFundMe. yes please <laughs> i've started a GoFundMe because i need to go back within 12 months or otherwise my life is gonna be meaningless so what's your like pitch in the GoFundMe? Is it like I have a terminal disease? And <laughs> yeah, you need yeah, to no, no, get just, me back? no, just just please. It was a lot of fun, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be the the least successful GoFundMe in the history of GoFundMe. I People don't know. Gonna... It might be such a preposterous ask, yeah. in, in like in a world filled with terminal disease and shit like that, that yeah. people. <laughs> Guys, like, I know there's a lot of what? shit going on in the world, but. You got to see these beaches, man. They're fucking beautiful. <laughs> Yo, the bio says please. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're being polite at least. We'll give you that. I'll I'll only drink on Wednesday through Sunday. Liar. Deal. Liar. Every other Tuesday. <laughs> Every other Tuesday. How long would you go for if you had your druthers? Would you move there? No, I don't know. That's the thing, man. Like, as much as I, I love it there, it was, it's nice to come home. I love living in America. I love living here in Texas. I don't know if I could live there, but yeah, if, if there's anywhere I could live in Europe, I feel like Greece is it. Just because well, I, I speak my, a bit of the language and like it feels at home, you know. One of my best friend's twin brothers lives in Greece and he heads out there for like two weeks, three weeks at a time to go visit him every year. Yeah, no, he just I, I, out there. He was in the army, decided to never fucking come back. He's like, this is awesome out here. He went AWOL. If you're the type of person that can actually get into the mentality of how at least the islanders, because I mean, like Athens is a city, people like it's yeah, like yeah. city people, but like the islands, if you can get into that mentality, people always like they live longer because they eat fish or it's olive oil or this, that, and like obviously all that stuff plays into it, but like there's also just a less stress. Yeah, we call the, it the, Irie, being Irie, okay? Being Irie, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Islander feel. I have always... That's not it. that kind of Islander, you dipshit. No, listen, <laughs> no but it's, it's all similar. the Jamaican people. <laughs> no, same shit, same, same, but different, right? I've always felt like, if I didn't have kids now, I, I there's something so intriguing to me about living in another country, even for like a year at a time in different places and stuff. Like, I'd love to be an expat somewhere. But think about this. You see, it's a weird psychological thing because, like, you could, if you sold your house in Beverly Hills or Malibu, wherever the fuck you live, (laughs) and you went to a small Greek island or small, wherever it would be work for you, small, like, go to Vietnam, dude, you could fucking buy, you could, you could retire. Dude, it's just it's like it would you would take such a change of mindset, you know. Vietnam specifically, like there's a ton of expats there because it's I think arguably the cheapest country to exist in or visit. Right. I did a three week three week vacation. We spent three grand total, flights included. Jesus, it's one of those nutty places, and there's a lot of like Australians and and Argentinians and shit that live up in North Vietnam, and it just it's a lot of Australians. Dude, it's Kenny, real quick. You, I was sold up until that point. It's always Kenny. There, Kenny, but... real quick. I, I just sent you this video. Can you pull this up on your computer, real quick? I don't give a shit. Yeah, hold on. When you say like Islanders, and I was thinking like 
Kenny accidentally going Jamaican. Please pull this up. Yeah. I just saw this. This is going crazy viral. It's a. This is the craziest shit I've ever seen. I want. I want to hang out. I want this guy on the podcast so bad. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Everybody, shut the fuck up. Everybody, shut the fuck up. (laughs) We're holding this one. Here we go. Yeah. Reggae selector UK. <laughs> London in the fucking building, bloody man. Oh, wait for it. <laughs> Yo. Holy, I give my father year that. Yo. Hemdok. Yeah, me, man. That is it. Everybody, if it gets techie, my trick pump belly. Me, the trick them ready, the clip them every head trick, no telly. Okay, that's all I can say. <laughs> Dude, there's one clip. By the way, for those of you who haven't seen that video, it is the whitest looking guy you've ever seen. He looks like he does like Renaissance fairs doing the craziest like Chet Hanks impersonation. It's fucking so sick. <laughs> I've seen a lot of those people like just like a white guy born and raised in Japan. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he has an Asian accent. People are like, yo, that's fucking racist, bro. He goes, that's where I grew up. Oh, shit. That's fucking sick. Yeah, I see yeah. acts like that too, like white Jamaicans, where people are like, "Yo, are you putting me on?" <laughs> no, but uh... <laughs> yeah. So that's what the fuck I've been listening to. Um, there is a lot to talk before we go into the interview. Dante will be here, I assume. Maybe I don't know, but he's paying parking tickets. Yeah, he's paying more parking tickets. We have to talk about the Drake album. And last week we had a conversation beforehand about what our expectations were. Kenny said he didn't even know that it was coming out. Dante said he was excited. I said it was going to drop and everybody would be underwhelmed. And I'm happy to say once again, I was correct. The general consensus on this album, it's called For All the Dogs, has been that it's underwhelming, Drake's worst performance. I genuinely am like kind of happy. And I don't want to say this because if Drake ever were to somehow happen to see this, I don't want to get murdered because he just killed Joe Budden, like because Joe Budden said the album sucked. I just like I truly believe this is a turning point when it comes to popular music. And I think I was right about this in the past. I think I'm right about it now. If Drake can't do the same thing over and over again, I think we've hit a point where you can't put things that aren't quality out into the world and get the results that you want. Because the numbers came in so far, it looks like he's going to do around 440,000 sales which is great, but that's really low for a Drake record. I truly believe that this is like a signal that something big in the music industry is happening, and I'm not happy with the album whatsoever. Did anybody listen to it besides me? Johnny, I know you said you got about a minute in. How'd that go for you? I'm just happy that this is only, it's 23 songs on this one. 23 songs. There was a 41 some while back, I remember. So uh, it's trending in the right direction. If we can get that down to two or three songs, to be a lot happier and then down to zero i'd i'd buy that one <laughs> kenny did you listen to it i would buy your record if it had zero songs <laughs> <laughs> that's a good bit no i didn't listen to it yet and here's the thing i know i probably will at some point because i feel like i should just given my job but um going back to what you were saying colin i don't know that it's necessarily the catalyst for a shift or or a, a meter for a shift in the industry so much as same as it ever was like you can have the biggest fucking artist on earth like a drake i mean taylor's an exception but like but also her de- records are different you know it's just an interesting thing True. to see another giant artist put out another fucking thing over and over and over again and eventually people don't give a shit as just the way the world works 
Well, I just feel like this is the first time people have had the balls to come out and say about a Drake album, which they know is going to do well commercially and say it artistically did not hit the mark. Like to me, this is a retread of Certified Lover Boy, which came out in 2021. It's 90 different genres put in one album. There's no real identity. There's one standout moment, which was 8 a.m. in Charlotte, which is the record that came out before the album, where he's rapping over a Griselda beat, actually rapping, high substance. People freaked out and they listened to the album and they're like, what is this? There was so many bars on this record that like, I, I was like, I can't believe he put this out. And I'm not saying it was like in totality a disaster, but to me it was like, you're Drake. You have the opportunity. You have every possible resource at hand. You have the chance to shift the polarity of rap if you want to. You could have done a whole record of those those conductor beats, these fucking Griselda kind of grimy beats and wrapped your ass off. People would have been excited. Instead, Dude, I we, get, we, we've probably said this like a thousand times over the past year or two, but there is a problem with the way that the algorithm works where it's an hour. It's like almost an hour and a half album Yep. Uh, with 23 songs added to his catalog of 14 million songs. It's like it, sometimes it's just a numbers game. It feels like just pat it out in the way that people used. Obviously, people have always padded out albums. You know, you've got like a single, two singles, three singles, and then you pat out the rest of the eight or nine. But you can't get by with just one song doing well anymore. You got to get those numbers across the board, and streaming and everything. And speaking about a numbers game, there's something to be said too about like Taylor's tour and Drake's tour and like the amount of revenue that it generates doing fucking stadium tours, right? Oh, yeah. Of like, you can put out kind of dog shit music every five years and do another stadium run. Facts. You know what I mean? And so, like, is there a part of it that's like, I just have to put out a record if I want to keep making in that fucking live money. Well, Drake said he's taking time off now because he has butt problems, which shouts out to Drake for doing a stadium run with butt problems because that's got to be hard. Well, I'm I didn't hear, but what did he say? He's like, he's actually sick. He has something? like gastro intestine something. I don't know, but shouts out to Drake for butt problems. Dave, if you see a record with 23 songs, do you skip it? No, not necessarily. <laughs> um, Name a great album with 23 songs. It's not a double album. I was going to say double double That's album doesn't count. Not a double album. The, yeah, uh, it's not Tyler a compilation. Album. Yeah, the Tyler Childers album was going to be my example. But, but that's, that's three albums put into one. I know. But it's, well, I mean, Zach, Zach Bryan had the 35-song album, which I actually got into a conversation with somebody on Twitter the other day where I was like, no album needs to be 23 songs. And somebody brought that album up, and I said, yeah, the Zach Bryan album's great, and I felt like it was like kind of a novelty moment to put out 35 songs, oh. but I only know 15 of those when songs. When was maybe. Drake's last album? Does anyone uh, know? Like-, like January? It wasn't that long ago. It was the album with 21 Savage. Since we've had this podcast, Drake's put out four albums. Okay, yeah, it, that, that's lit, like mathematically, it's not possible to make that much good music, even if he was good. Right, I agree. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, I, 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 I just look at it from the perspective of like, for so long, I feel like Drake got away with doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, where it's like, oh, we're getting this album, we're hyping it up, we're hyping it up, and then it's okay. And people are just like, yeah, but it's still Drake. But this time, the general consensus is this was a flop. This was not a good album. And it's the first time I've seen that kind of turn on its head. And I genuinely believe you're going to start to see if an artist like Drake in that hip-hop lane, which we've talked about for a while now, it's not floundering, but it's not what it was. If he can fail, fail, well, you know, in quotation marks, 
then I think that record labels are going to start taking chances on different things that seem to be getting more attention or at least more retention from, from fans. I think you're going to watch a little bit of a shift into more of the what's really popular right now, which is like we've said these names a million times, Noah Kahan, Zach, Zach Bryan, Tyler Childers, people that are getting this attention. And then legacy acts like Blink-182. I think you're going to watch a little bit of the industry shy away from rap. I think it's what's going to happen. Can I say this? It's kind of a side point attack onto what you're saying there. Like the, the month that I was away in Europe, like it's got its own problems of like endless shitty house music, but it was nice not to hear any fucking hi-hats like sure. you know like rap hi-hats because that shit has been done for yes. a long time and it's still it's still doing it there's no more there's nothing more interesting that you can say for a while on that that's my pronouncement um check out my new album 808s and hi -hats. It's, it's butt rock in, tw in 2003 dude it's what it is i'm sorry yeah. it's I, I i feel like i'm kind of vindicated on this i think i'm right and I, I like being right. And that's how I feel. And I wish Dante was here because he said he liked the album. He said he didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, but that's, I don't not, know. that's not a fair assessment. Yeah, Dante's not a fair measure Dante instead. Dante will literally take anything that's trash and be like, I don't know. I kind of liked it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you guys yeah, are I don't, haters, I, man. I mean, dude, you can look at the empirical evidence. There was an article that came out in Complex last week. Then Once again, the source here is Juicy J from 3-6 Mafia. I don't know where he gets these metrics from, but he said uh, rap sales are down 40% this year. Quotations, we got to fix some shit. I don't know if Ju Juicy, I don't know how Juicy J is privy to this that information. That sounds fucking high. That high number, but right? I, I believe is it that though. possible? But also talk about fucking rap albums that have high track count where all of them are good. Just three, six records. Granted, 80% of it's skits, right? Yes. But like, I mean, any album with slob on my knob on it instantaneously gets bumped. Everything. I do love Three Six Mafia. I love Project Pat. I have a really all those cash money fucking records and Hot Boys records. Those were like high track counts, but those because there was like five artists coming together in a group. I just don't get the idea of the twenty three song album, man. It I'm trying to think, even like Peak Wu Tang. How long were those albums when you had fucking like nine of the greatest rappers of all time, or right. however many it was? Yeah. And they still like let's keep it manageable, guys. 12, 13, 14 songs. No, this is another trend I think you're going to watch. There was an album that came out earlier this year, and I'm going to get absolutely destroyed for saying this, but like maybe a new way to do this, like Jack Harlow, that record that came out earlier in the year, Jackman, was 10 songs, and they were all pretty solid. Like maybe we're going to start going back. Uh, come on, don't give me that. I know people I listened are to the whole record front to back, that Jack Harlow, because I was I was intrigued. Yes. And like, sure, it's it's good, but it's not, it's like, I, I, guess, I guess I went into it because the, the smoke behind it was so thick. I went into it with high expectations and I was let down. Maybe my maybe my my rationale there is it's 10 songs, but at least it's not 23 mediocre songs. It's 10 mediocre songs that I can digest, I not 23 mediocre songs that drag out. I think I said it last podcast or the podcast before that, that one of the last 10 plus song records that I thought was good front to finish all the way incredible was Awaken My Love. Great record. You know, I don't know of right. records after that that were 13 songs deep. All of them, all of them, fucking. Great. Yeah, but it's too like I had a, somebody retort to me on that thread that I was doing on Twitter where they said like, "Why are artists doing so many songs?" And I said, "It's sales numbers. The more songs, the more streams, the more sales. That's what it is. That's why they're doing it. That's why artists release deluxe albums a week after with three more songs, so they keep getting more streams on 30 fucking songs." 
Yeah, you've got not... some. There's some amazing like data scientists basically at these labels sitting, saying, "Hit this, bump this, repackage it," and and you're going to just keep driving those numbers up. Again, that's nothing new. Like that's what they always have done in different forms. It's just now the results of it are are so kind of catastrophic yeah, in a way. Exactly the 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 consequences of the last 15 years are coming to fruition. Sure, and but once again, I think like in totality, looking at this, like. There was other shit that dropped on Friday that like the Earl Sweatshirt and Alchemist album. Alchemist is one of my favorite producers of all time. It was a simple 10 song album with all these soul beats. And maybe this is just my ear and my taste, but like maybe rappers had this 10 year run where it was all top tier, like the biggest thing that could have dropped. And I just don't see it anymore. I don't think it's going to be that way moving forward for at least the next few years. I think it's run its course as the number one top genre. And I think you're going to start to see a few more things get more play. That's just the way I look at it. And we've been predicting this for a while now, and it seems to actually be happening. It's just going to need, look, it's going to happen. There'll be some artist that innovates a new path for hip hop. That's going to make it exciting and interesting again. You know, just obviously waiting to see what that happens. Also, yeah. Colin, you do seem like maybe you're saying this because you're working on a new album and you're hoping that everything's trending towards. Are you kidding me? That's exactly what I'm hoping for. I've been laying in wait, dude. I literally, <laughs> it's it's exactly what I wanted to happen. This podcast gets bigger. Music polarity shift. Oh shit, my genre happens to be where it should be. Wait till wow. you hear the fucking hi-hats I'm about to put on that song you sent me to work on. It's gonna be <laughs> Dude, I, so Kenny, this is something me and Kenny have been doing on the side here. Um, We've been getting the mixes back to Foxtrot stuff, and we went the fuck around with this other song like a couple weeks ago, and I had my engineer send Kenny the files because I want Kenny to just run with it. kenny it. And we'll have some weird brainchild of me and Kenny. Kenny, do whatever you want. I don't give a fuck. Like, There's going to be a lot of stuff deleted. It's going to be sick. Sweet. It would probably be better, dude. It's going to be awesome. But uh, goes, Colin goes, yo, here's the trumpet files for the bridge. I go, <laughs> cool. Deleted. The <laughs> trumpet files are sick, dude. Um, but yeah, so Johnny, that's actually a thought of mine. Maybe this whole thing has been rolling towards, maybe we are the ones doing this. Maybe we're the ones who are shifting everything. I don't know. But all I know is, you, I think, is it on your, is it on your vision board, Colin? Do you, do I strike you as a vision board guy? Yes. Yes. No. Actually, no. I hate anything motivational. Just fucking Eagles, the Avet Brothers, fucking <laughs> a cocktail. I feel like when I said, "Do you see me as a vision board guy?" Dave's like, "Yes, I definitely see you as a vision board guy." I don't know why. <laughs> I feel like Dave's eyes lit up. I hate that shit. I hate anything motivational. It bothers me. I fucking hate, dude. Hold on. I'm stuck. <laughs> I, I was going back through some of my old songs and, and I was like, fuck, I think I have enough for like a good EP here. And I was realizing that most of the shit I was writing about was how everything, every, all the songs, like, I don't know, five, six years ago was all super positive or super sad. There's nothing in the fucking middle. It was all like, live your life, follow your dreams, do your things, and you can live. Or it was like, mm, everybody hates me, nobody understands me. It fucking kills me, man. Like, dude, that that's one of the things I actually like. This is I hate to give compliments. One of the things I liked about working with Max from Eve Six was that all the songs that he would write were for the most part just stories about things that had happened to him. Good or bad or in Bevel, mm. you know, either way. But it was uh, I'm so. Well, also, it's just it's like there's no subtlety of emotion left in people when mm-hmm. they write, or very often, and that's I think why I still find myself so attracted to a lot of older music is because that you just 
there's a wider range of feelings, like you're saying. I think part of what you're saying, though, specifically that positive, upbeat, da 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 shit, was because everyone's trying to write a fucking sink gold mine, right? And yeah, they, right. they wanted to sound like you know all that music. Like I could sell anything from fucking like, I don't know, boner pills to uh, dog food with go this. Bro, yeah. I want to write a song that's just for boner pill commercials, or go. I think be I'm uh, done it. I'm gonna say something that maybe I shouldn't <laughs> say, but I don't really give a shit about. Your brother Dylan sent me a couple songs recently. That he's been noodling with that make me mad how good they are. Ooh. God, God fucking damn it. That motherfucker, the way he plays guitar and sings is so fucking good. I was listening to it with Sarah because he was sending me some shit for whatever reason. We were working on something. And immediately Sarah and I were like, God damn it, Dylan. <laughs> like, <laughs> can we go yeah. back for a minute? Can we go back for a minute? You had a song in a boner pill commercial? No, no, yeah. I'm saying come with me now is the is was written for a boner pill. That was come the with main, me the, now. The main inspiration for that song. I picture like the Cialis commercial where it's like an old couple with two adjoining bathtubs yeah. in a field, and then it's <laughs> and come with me now in the background. They're humping to the to the base. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> come with me. Ah! <laughs> I got another uh a record fucking flop in my head um that I was really excited about. I was really excited to hear the new Oliver Tree record. Bed. I was really disappointed. Yeah. You know, and he does a lot of jokes, you know, which I know a lot of his jokes. He's like, this is going to be the biggest album in the world, the best record in the world. But like he put a lot of promo, which he does. And a lot of people do whatever. But like that last record that he did, Cowboys Don't Cry, was really fucking good. Like start yeah. to finish, really, really good. And this new one, just everything's a C minus, man. Oh, that sucks. A big bummer. I, I can't. The last record that what's the last record that like blew you away? Like genuinely blew you away. I think it's Mr. Morale for me. And that was like over a year ago. Yeah. That's a long fucking time not to have anything like really not like to me. The new Jason Isbell record is my favorite record of the year, but that's also like that dude could fart no microphone, and I'm probably gonna listen to it. You know, it's one of those relationships I have with an artist. Like I love that guy. Like the new Zach Bryan album was good, but it didn't destroy me. That the new Drake Gex album record this last year is really good. The what was Hunter Gex? Oh yeah, well I mean I, that's too that's almost a little too niche for me. Like it's hundred percent super niche, but just even as as somebody who appreciates niche hard, yeah, uh, I think that record is really good. Skinty Fa by um, Fontaine's DC was probably the last record that I like ran hard. Like and shouts out to Ireland because that was a. Really disgusting I really Irish record. Last Fallout Boy record. I couldn't even say. Re oh, I was gonna say. I thought you were serious for a second. I was gonna say, holy shit. Um, but no, I don't know. The Drake thing. It just. I had to get that off my chest because I like being right, and I wish Dante was here for me to dance on his grave. But goddamn, that album suck. Um, as far as other shit in, in music this week, before we get into the Glorious Sons interview, I know there was some other shit we wanted to talk about. Oh, did they really find uh Tupac's killer? We haven't been on the podcast since this happened. They was, oh, yeah, I, the saw that. Guys I just involved. saw the headline. I don't know. They found one more. of the four guys involved in it because the other three guys are already dead. So he's the last guy. But I don't remember how I watched the whole fucking thing, but I forgot. I watched like the whole press conference. I forgot how they like deduced it was him, but they fucking... They got Has he go I admitted to it like yeah, I was gonna say he went on yeah, podcast and said yeah, like I killed Tupac. Like, interviews, yeah. Sounds like a Netflix show like 16 months from now. Yep. Yeah. Uh, oh my Less god. I'll watch it. Less than <laughs> oh, I'll watch it too. I don't know. I it's just like oh, I got a little music news. <laughs> this one's great. go ahead. This one's great. What you got? Um, so Laura Trump. 
who I it, I I want to say it's Eric Trump's wife. I think she's become like a big whatever right wing. Is that is he Beavis or Butthead? He's, he's Beavis. <laughs> okay, he's yeah. the super fucking. So ugly. Beavis Beavis's yeah. wife has become like a big Fox News like anchor whatever like expert whatever blah 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 blah. She <laughs> she put out a cover of a Tom Petty song. I won't back down a cover. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> Went on Fox News to talk about how conservatives are being silenced because her stream numbers are not doing what they should be. And the whole music industry is out to silence conservatives because her view count isn't good and her stream count isn't good. And she even sang a cappella for a minute on a show. And it's just it's fucking incredible. Dude, God, Fox God. News has a treasure trove of their hosts. Yeah playing music like uh mike huckabee when he used yeah. to play bice and shit that shit is like legit some of the funniest television you can watch it's got to be on purpose right she's like she's like this is it, hilarious watch this <laughs> gotta be dude yeah I, I want all politicians to have a record i want every single one of them to put a record Hang on. i gotta fight i'm i gotta we're not moving on until i find this sings on. oh my god it's just like, and also the song choice. It's like, you know, we conservatives, we don't back down. That's why I'm going to do this song. Trash. Trash. Tom I'm sure he was definitely a Trump supporter, right? Big time. Yeah, Huge. Big, big time. time. <laughs> big time. Wait, did he sue the Trump campaign for using his shit one time? Didn't everybody oh. sue the Trump campaign for using their music? And I don't honestly know that that's even a like a thing about uh, positional stance. More is like, yo, that's a big dollar campaign. Give me some fucking. Dollars. How did YMCA become Trump's song? That would be incredible. No, it is just, his song. It, just fit, it fits his it's dance moves so well. What are you going to do? Man was his song. Mock, no, he does one MCA every yeah. single show. Oh, I've seen him do all that. The, which, again, don't make me like him. Those incredible dance moves. He goes, macho, macho, man. <laughs> he does this move. He's just out here loving the village people, dude. Who wants to tell him? This is. Hold on. Let me see if I can find this. It's going to be worth it. Is this real? not let you go without bringing up something I saw on your social media this week, and that was a release of a single... Get an opportunity like this, so I'm sure I'll spend me music... Back down, down. You can stand me up at oh. the gates of hell, but I won't back down. And that was her trying to prove that her stream couch should be way higher. Dude, she had me myself. at gates of hell. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, God damn. How does she right. manage to maintain such a beautiful natural look? <laughs> on my way. Gross, man. Uh, all right, let's go into the interview. Uh, we got the Glorious Sons, uh, and then we'll come out to on list, off list, and get the fuck out of here. Uh, so this is the interview with Glorious Sons. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Barstool Backstage and on the guest list today. We have one of my favorite current bands that are out right now. They just have a new record out. They're on tour. We have the Glorious Sons. How are you, buddy? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, once again, I said this before we started. I'm a big fan. Um, Sawed Off Shotgun might have gotten played on the radio in Philadelphia on 93.3 WMMR every 20 minutes for like six straight months. So I don't know what your I relationship is with that label or with that station, but you should send them like a basket or something. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've been there a few times, actually. We've performed in the mornings too. Um, yeah. We've had a lot of fun in Philly. Um, 
we've got we've got a few friends there too uh not at that station but just in philadelphia so it's kind of got a special place in my heart it should make we we do love you here i will say that you guys uh, have a way of talking where everything is yelling and it's <laughs> i find it unbelievable like it's just like adorable well, welcome to the fucking <laughs> podcast baby you're yeah. about to get it for the next half an hour <laughs> yeah. Oh man, dude, it's funny. I just gave the new record a spin today. Uh, What was the thought on all? This is the most acoustic guitar I feel like I've heard you guys put on the record. What was the thought behind that? I was playing a ton of acoustic, like just like locked up during COVID. Um, I didn't really have much to do um, other than like house chores and play the guitar. So uh, I think I just got a lot better at it and. A lot of the identity for the songs uh, came around, you know, these finger picking riffs that I would work on at home. You know, before I was just kind of like a wild front man that kind of knew how to play the guitar. And then when I got a bunch of time on my hands, I just really sunk into it. Yeah, you spent enough time in the house during COVID that you wound up becoming like Neil Young. I don't know how the fuck that happened. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Not yet, though. Not yet. 50 more years, we'll see. Yeah, well, yeah, give it some time. I think you got a little bit of time to kill. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I want to start off by asking you this too, because Sawed Off Shotgun hit what, like 2019, 2018, 2019? Yeah. yeah. And we and we've had a con- we've had conversations with different bands on this podcast about this kind of phenomenon that did happen with COVID. You guys had been working at it for a while. You had a couple records under your belt. Mm-hmm. You have this giant song come out of fucking nowhere and become this big kind of anthemic hit, and then the world stops spinning. Yeah. And did you feel like you guys kind of got stifled momentum wise from that? Or did you just ride that through the pandemic and come out with a new record? Uh, honestly, we did get stifled for sure. Like there's no doubt about it. It's kind of the way you choose to look at things though. Like you can either cry about it or you can continue forth and kind of take stock in the good things that happened during that time. Because to be honest, we were five years on the road pretty much at that point and ready to kill each other anyways. So <laughs> you did yeah, it was really important that we got the break. I don't think we would have lasted if we didn't actually get the break. And we wouldn't have taken the break ourselves. Right. So. Well, you got to strike while the iron's hot. So while that song's pumping, the record's doing great, you're like, we need to play every show we possibly can. But on the flip side of that, you also have the human element where it's like, if I have to listen to you tell the same fucking story five more times, <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I mean... You know, we're there. My brother's in the band and stuff too. And, you know, and we also are the type of guys that we don't just go out on tour and, you know, just stick only to our job. Like we want to have fun too. So mm-hmm. uh, by that point, it was just, we were so ragged. It was, it was time for a break. And uh, we, we wouldn't have lasted. I, I, I knew we, it was a good thing for us immediately. As yeah. bad as it was overall. <laughs> it was fun though. Speaking. It, yeah. it was, I mean, the, the ragged times were probably fun. You're probably having a great fucking time. But, like, dude, no matter what, like, the road can be so much fun. But at the end of the day, there still comes a point where it's 4.30 in the morning and you're standing outside. Like, everybody's, like, smoking cigarettes at a gas station and it's cold. And you're like, why am I doing this? Why am I oh, doing yeah. this in my life? Oh, yeah. It gets to you. <laughs> like, people don't really understand. But, you know, being a circus monkey can be can be a little bit of a – it can be absolutely amazing and it can be – Pretty terrible, too. The funny thing is Dave is the only non-musician in this conversation. But, Dave, I feel like you get that circus monkey thing sometimes. Oh, where I, like- was, I was just about to I, – I get so, so sick of it. It's the woke. It's the woke. <laughs> the worst of all time. 
Dave came on the <laughs> podcast last week and and we were all like like kind of in good moods and and well I was and then Kenny one of our other co-hosts from the band AWOL Nation was like I'm too high for this and Dave just went I'm fucking tired of recording podcasts and I was like well this is going great so anything involved in entertainment it does it's the coolest thing ever but it's also like you can only take so much until you just want to like take a break no I I don't I, I tell people this all the time, and I think you this can resonate for both of you who are career musicians, that when your outlet becomes your profession, it's no longer mm. an outlet. Wow. So you, yeah, get, yeah. you know, it's like, fuck, I love playing the guitar, but it's like, God damn, dude, like, does it? I mean, I don't know if it gets like that for you personally, but I, I got to imagine it gets like that for, you know, most people. And if you're not, you're an outlier. Yeah, I find for myself... Uh, the outlet part of it is probably the only thing that keeps me going. Like, mm-hmm. because I don't, I don't really have a, a choice. Like when we were making the album and whatnot, we kind of failed miserably like four times. And yeah. there was never any sense of like, Oh, I'm not going to be a musician because what the hell else would I be doing? Like, there's no, there's no, there's no other choice for me. No, nope. no, it's like this or, you know, streetwalker. Yep. <laughs> so it's I'm either singing and playing the guitar or I'm a prostitute. You pick one of the two. I, I don't know which one's better for me. Well, Colin, Colin has bartended. Have, did you have any like past, like, were you ever a landscaper or something? You're like, oh, yeah. But like, that's what keeps me going is I used to work oh, seven yeah. five in an office every day. And I'm like, I never, ever want to go back to that life ever. No, you know? no. So Jay, my brother, was a contractor, and I came home mm-hmm. and started working for him and joined the band. And Jay, I I just remember even in my youth, because he's seven years older than me, he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I yeah. hate running around, picking up materials for jobs. I hate pricing jobs. I hate friggin' like the only thing that he right. liked about contracting was the actual work. But I could just right. see how much it killed him. And for me, my parent, my dad was a welder. I used to work in his welding shop growing up and, you know, I just sit there singing songs. I, I got the easy road compared to everybody else because I had a brother with enough ambition yeah, to yeah, really yeah. punch, punch the hole through in music. And then I was allowed to be creative. And like, I was like the most, I was the, uh, I was a baby of the family, the spoiled one of the family. And I was kind of, uh, allowed to be creative but I had those jobs and I was never any good at them and I still got paid <laughs> I, st- I still got a chance to play music and it's all because I worked for my brother don't lie though there are days though when you're like man I would give anything to not be on this bus and just like screwing a fucking board into the wall there are oh, movies man. dude <laughs> of course of yeah. course <laughs> you know I mean? yeah yeah usually actually it's at home when I feel that way at yeah. home like when I'm like taking phone calls and meetings and shit i'm like man th- why is this so complicated like this, why do this... i care so much about this dude? Yeah, <laughs> why yeah, can't like, i just write songs and then enjoy it like, you know what i mean like, i have to go sing to people like social strategies like for mm. christ's sakes just it sucks dude do you think so- fucking john lennon ever used social strategies no exactly. no no i don't no. even think like, keith richards can read you think you give a fuck yeah. about the algorithm, dude? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. Like, and no. especially for a band like you and I, I happen to run in like kind of the same circles, not to the point where like uh, the Blue Stones, your opening act on the pop uh, on the tour. Yeah, they're, they're buddies. When you see them, tell them the guys from Barstool backstage and on the guest list said what's up because they were like, I will early like when this was the old version of the podcast when it was just me and my band yeah, years ago. 
this was years ago. Uh, those are great fucking dudes. Great band, by the way. Oh, yeah. They were just uh, in great. Chicago like two weeks ago. I was in Colorado and I missed them. I still haven't seen them live. They're good live. They're very good live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Justin's Justin's from uh, like lives in my hometown. So right. we see each other, you know, periodically. The last time we spoke, the Raptors were playing the Sixers in the NBA playoffs. Uh, yeah. And they were they were going to the game, and I think what I told them was, "You guys can suck my fucking dick, you losers." And that, that, was, that, that was the conversation. But classic Philly sports, man, is what it is, baby. <laughs> um, but I, I think what I was I was thinking is like, we, I think in the world we run in, where like there is this like kind of a classic rock influence, but also you're just like a band. Why do we have to think like? I don't know, like K-pop groups. Why do we have to think about social strategy? Can't we just put this fucking shit out in the world and let people play it? Like, wh- I don't, I don't want to do TikTok dances. I don't want to like write my no. songs for an algorithm. Like, it no. sucks that this is the stage we're in. But at the same time, like, you gotta it- block it out. The only way to really make anything that means anything to yourself is block it out and hope for the best. I really believe that because social strategy, sure, you can kind of like do something like that or. But really, from for our band, we just kind of decided, like, we're just going to be completely ourselves and throw it up online because all this – nobody really knows what's going on with algorithms. No. They're, they're, <laughs> it's it's Dave, how many people have said this? How many people have said this? It's a fake thing. Yeah. Like, nobody can explain it. You can't, like, touch it or physically grab it. or It's just, like, there. Yeah. Oh, it's important, but – it's like it's one step ahead of us all the time. All, so constantly, yeah. yeah, we're all gonna fucking die anyway. Who cares? Like you know, what I mean? like we're, we're <laughs> gonna be algorithm. killed by the algorithm. Yeah, no, I'm, but you're gonna outlive. You're gonna when the algorithm decides to take over, you're gonna beat it. Yeah. Well, it's like it's like basically we're trying to channel mayhem. That's right. all we're trying to do. It's like why? No, no, lightning in a bottle, dude. Well, yeah. I think it's it's. You mentioned something earlier that like I wanted to ask you about because I was on your socials and I was just reading through. And it seems like you guys, in your words, failed making this record multiple times and then finally got to where you felt comfortable. And the record's great, by the way. But talk me through that failure as in like just cutting it and cutting it and cutting it. And then were you chasing yeah. that kind of like, I don't know what to do, Dragon? What, what was the process like and where do you think you went wrong till you got it right? It was a little bit like that. Um, you know, there's like almost there's like over 40 songs that are unreleased. Hmm. that happened during the making of this album so you know there's with this album there's got to be more than 50 i would guess that that we made like recorded during that time um and just so many songs written i think the main thing that kept on happening was uh we kept on trying to record before we knew what we were trying to do and oh yeah I think that was a lot to do with me. And I actually know it was a lot to do with me. I drove a lot of people mad. Um, Love that. Yeah. Um, But, you know, we went in this one, the first time we went in, we, we went in with the preconceived notion because I was in a dance club in Germany and I was like, oh man, I want to meld like these like polyrhythms with like a super like distinct, like, really angry rock and roll sound um you were taking german club music and trying to add it into glorious songs screwed up i don't know what i don't know how to work these things so i press them <laughs> and now the bluetooth is on i, I don't know what wait, the hell's wait, wait wait so hold on a second you were trying to take german rhythms and put them into glorious sun songs what is, is it yeah. rhythm? I, I don't know that it was a german rhythm it was more so like 
it was a dance club. So I was like seeing these polyrhythms and I was like, oh man, like this would be so sweet. And I, it was just, it was the, uh, it was really just because it was a time of excess for the band, you know, I didn't really know what to do clearly. Um, yeah. So well, you, you know, you know, there was a time of excess when you're in the dance club and you're like, oh yeah, this would be great. This is a great idea. Oh my God, dude. But the album, like we, we finished like 10 songs and there's some really good ones on there, but it ended up just kind of being completely meaningless and like, I didn't really want to put a meaningless thing out into the world. Right. Like that was not, and there was this one song on there. It was uh, called who's getting paid. And it's, it had, it was so, it was so freaking catchy, but I started thinking about like, do I really want to like be that guy? Like I'm right. not that guy. If you were to know me, you would know how little like money and things play a part in my life. So to release a song like that, I knew when I was, you know, 25 years later, I'd be looking back on myself and just being like, ah, you fucking loser. So <laughs> that, I, I didn't want to do like, it. That feels like I've already gotten that feeling like a thousand times in my life. <laughs> Dude, that me feels- too. I just don't want it again. <laughs> that title for the song just feels very like late stage, like late 80s Aerosmith, like who's getting paid kind of a thing. Or like, it almost feels like it could be like Razor's Edge, ACDC. Like it's a, like kitschy and a good idea. Maybe it's hot. You don't know. But at the same time, you got to be looking back on it being like, I mean, I do. I have songs that like. <laughs> You ever written a song and then you record like you're doing pre-production like this is going to be the fucking one. Then you record it and you're like, what is this? Why did we do this? Why did I just waste my time doing this? It happens all the time. That's what (laughs) that's that's what it is. Dude, it's half the struggle. There was this song called Domino that we did that I was just convinced like I was talking to people being like, this is it. This is the one. No, know it for a fact. This is the greatest thing I've ever done. We recorded it. And by the time we got just the board print back, I literally texted our producer and I was like, just throw it out. This is dog shit. Yeah. I sent it. To, I sent it. <laughs> I sent it in the group chat and the band. Everybody in the band was like, dude, what is this? Jesus Christ. But that's the balance of it is like the balance between chasing the inspiration and then also keeping things into perspective. That can be an extremely hard balance. And Half of it is just like striking lightning. Like half of it is just luck being in the right headspace at the right time to do something that's both meaningful to you and catchy and meaningful to other people. It's that's getting that right all the time. You're never going to do it. Not every time. It's oh, just, no, it's impossible. No. Did you did you know you're talking about like lightning strike kind of a moment? Did you know Salt Off Shotgun was that thing? Like when oh, you yeah. got when you cut that, you were like, oh, okay, we got this one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I had to convince like uh, I was just reminded of this because it was such a crazy time, but I had to convince everybody in my camp that it was the one. Like I convinced uh the radio people, I convinced uh management, like I just I wouldn't stop talking about it. And that was simply because when we put it down and heard the chorus, I was like I had the hair stand up on my arms. I felt lighter. I, I, I just could feel it in my stomach and I just knew that I, I wasn't wrong. I I think about how much great music gets lost because people try and convince people. Like I, I think of Kanye West in this perspective, when you watch that documentary, he says, I played people, Jesus walks and they laughed at me. I played them yeah. all falls down and they just ignored me. Like what if your camp or what if the people in the band were just like, this song's okay, but like maybe we should go with this other one. We're probably not sitting here talking to you right now. You know, that's like a fucking beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like for everything to be aligned, just like I said, like lightning has to strike. Even personalities, for personalities to be 
in tune. You know, you could have the best management in the world, but if you miss something one day, you know, and you're not in line with each other, you might miss an opportunity, you know, so. That dynamic in a band is the hardest thing to do. And it's not as much hard to do in the beginning. It's hard to do over time. When you've been on the road, when you've played shows, it's hard to keep everybody in lockstep and then having to like swap people out of the band. You don't know how the new people are going to be like, yeah, that's a a real fucking thing. To keep people inspired and excited. And like morale is probably the most important thing. And I think that comes from live shows. You know, if you can continue to impress yourself live and feel like you're coming off the stage sweating and excited, then people generally want to work. If you're, if you're out there and we've been through times and you're uninspired and, and you're coming off the stage mad and nobody's having a good time, people don't, that's just too much pressure. Like, how can you, how can you write a hit song or how can you write a great song if you're not having fun? You're screwed at that moment. I haven't asked, I haven't asked anybody this question in a long time. But what's your shittiest show memory? Do you have one where something oh. didn't work? Or <laughs> like every night, dude? Uh, hundreds, hundreds. No. Yeah, dude. We went I, to Denver once on this tour. Uh, it was the first show of tour. And like, okay, let, I'm going to tell you two. Because Denver, for some reason, like I must have been having a stroke or something. I forgot the words to like four songs. It's like, the but, shittiest feeling in the world. But not even forget them to the point where it's like a line. Like, literally like (laughs) it was unbelievable like really unbelievable have you ever uh have you ever have you ever gone on stage and the crowd's hype and you're hype and the band starts playing and you're about to walk up to the mic for the first time in the night and you just have the thought in your head right before you go up you're like what's the first line and then you just start trying to catch it the whole time. You mumble the first line. You're like, what's the second line? Dude. Never that. Uh, never that. Oh, Use that go up shit confident. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I will never, dude. This was, at the time, the biggest show we had ever played. It was in front of 10,000 people. And, oh. dude, and I can see, like, my family in, like, the corner. Like, it's a big outdoor festival stage. And the, the band, there's, like, a 10-second like a intro before everything drops in. And I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm like, fucking rat. I'm, like, a rat in a cage. And I'm, like, ready to go. And then as soon as I step to the mic, my lips hit the mic. And I go, oh, fuck. Oh. And I, I fumble the entire <laughs> first verse. Oh, man. Um, yeah. what's, your, what's your best show memory then? Do you have one that stands out where you're like, that's my like benchmark, holy shit, we made it kind of a moment? Yeah. So, like, there's this festival called Ottawa Blues Fest in Canada. Mm. And um, we ended up, uh, like, there's, it's double-faceted because, number one, we were in Los Angeles the night before opening for, I think, the Struts. And we had to make it back for this show. And they liked us enough that they flew us back on a private jet to to make it there. And like, that was already pretty, like an amazing feeling. And then number two, um, it was in front of like 20,000 people. And I grew up going to this festival Uh as a kid and we're headlining. And the whole thought in the back of my mind for like the months leading up to it was like, they want us to headline Ottawa Blues Fest? What, what the <laughs> hell's going on here? And we drew a gigantic crowd, and we put on this, like, just unbelievable show. Like, just, it was just friggin' fire. Like, just running all over the stage. It was crazy. You could feel it. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, yeah, yeah, I think this is, this makes it pretty real. Yeah. I think, We're doing I think okay. We, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that, that was an amazing feeling. Yeah. And then, I, yeah, 
I, I give you guys so much credit because once again, I said it, it, this wasn't an overnight thing for you guys. I don't know if it was in Canada or the States were different, but I'd always heard your name kicking around. And then mm-hmm. you had your, you had that moment where everything clicked. And then I, I think about like a band like white Reaper who we're friends with that. I really, really love. Oh, yeah. Who, Good band. And, yeah. They're a fucking yeah. amazing band. And they had uh might be right, right before COVID. And uh, then would you, you just worry, like, can you recapture that? And I, yeah. the thing I'm really impressed with you guys is listening to the record today while I was running. And I was like, dude, this is just fucking great. Like it, it really is great fucking music. Thank you. I'm, I'm looking at the, the list right here. Cause I was listening to lightning bolt. And I like, I like lightning bolt a lot. And this is, brings me back to the acoustic thing, but I feel like mercy mercy is probably the first thing that jumps out to me. Did that feel like one of those ones where you knew, you had like yeah. something good with the right. Like, did you feel like you were on the right track? Yeah, yeah. Uh, mercy, mercy, just seems so fun and undeniable. First mm-hmm. listen, um, but it also kind of balanced like a new kind of like tonal style for us. Yeah. Uh, so I thought like this really can't miss in my eyes. Um, but it was it was it was just that same kind of feeling as shotgun. Maybe just not on as much crack. Um, just like, <laughs> you know, I wanted to dance as soon as I heard the song. Yeah. Th- well, this might be the German, uh, club music coming back. <laughs> Funny, you you might've missed your calling just as a DJ. You might've, you might just be a DJ. You fuck, do you fuck with club music? Like, are you like a, like a secret EDM head? Like what's your. No, no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I think that was like, such a crazy decision. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just picturing you trying Molly for the first time being in Germany. Like we're doing this wrong. <laughs> no, not, not the first time, but that's what it was. That's what it was like. I was like, Frederick, I found it, baby. I found it. You were in sunglasses smoking a cigarette inside. Like I did it. I know what we're doing. He's yeah. like, shut the fuck up and pick up the acoustic guitar, no, dude. No, the best part about it, he was like, oh, that's awesome, man. So he was also with you yeah. Yeah. dude I, it's just like i'm 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 proud of you guys like just as a fan like i i, I really you. am a fan but I, I think like too looking at it now and kind of this the scope of rock and roll because i feel like we had that period of time there where like everything wanted to go back to emo and i feel like that's kind of gone away and then now this kind of like more americana heartland thing is coming in with a lot of people like yeah. Where do you see rock music right now? Because you're you're back out on the road. You see it in person. You see what people want. Like, where do you see what we do right now? I just think the world's becoming genreless. Mm. Um, that's kind of the way that I see everything. Um, I find that um, pretty much things that they call indie or whatever is rock and roll. Like that's mm. <laughs> I don't know how you can sound like the Beatles and not call it rock and roll. Well, that's like uh, the, my indie playlist that comes up on Spotify for me. The cover for the indie playlist is Jenny Lewis and Jenny Lewis is fucking rock and roll to me. So like, what are we even doing at this point? You know what I mean? Exactly. And yeah. I just find it. Um, yeah. I, I don't know where it's at, but I just, it's the first thing kids do. Like kids don't, kids don't uh, start playing with tracks and singing what they do is they generally pick up a guitar and start singing. And especially even let's say for a lot of boys, like they start a band, man, like that's what you do. And that's to me, the reason why it'll never die. You, you, you grow up, you start a band, you start singing and you know, you pretty much everybody does it to get girls pretty much, you know, it's, it's, that'll never go away. That will never go away. No, it's, it's, it's just a part of being a, it's so ingrained in us, you know, you want to, you want to, everybody wants 
to be cool and everybody wants to wear an electric guitar Thanks. and the first thing that you think about um but as far as like the rock music genre in like a professional manner i just feel like it's as healthy as it's ever been it's just not really uh we've we've turned everything into uh like these little categories that nobody even cares about anyways no most people that i know listen to like 15 different types of music they don't care they just want to be moved i agree with that it's not about the genre specifically like i do have i have club songs that i like just because mm-hmm. it's it's a good fucking song. That's yeah. that's the real thing there that people I think people miss is the fact that it comes down to the song. It's about yeah. the song. It's not about yeah. the it's not even about the artist half the time. It's about the song. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like that's for me, I can go back and listen to like I love hits. Like Tiny Dancer, I can listen to Tiny Dancer 300,000 times. I'll never get sick of that song. And I I feel like we kind of as artists we get away we we tend to treat our music like it's um, with a little bit of snobbery sometimes when we're at our mm. worst. It yep. doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Does it I feel agree. good? Does it move you? Yeah, I, I, I have my uh, Spotify. I have one playlist. Uh, I have Led Zeppelin, Naughty by Nature, 21 Pilots, <laughs> Slightly Stupid, John Mayer, Third Eye Blind, NWA, The Donnas, Maroon. Like, they're to answer your yeah bring it yeah. all full circle a little bit it is kind of going genreless because of how easy it is to just like a song and throw yeah. your when every song. when every song in written existence is at your fingertips you're not really right. worried about what's uh in your categories you know what i mean yep. like the yeah. fact that i can in one second look up mozart and the next thing listen to Lil yachty like it, yep. there's a it, there's something cool about that and fucked mm-hmm. up at the same time existentially dreadful but at the same time pretty goddamn cool it's cool it is cool like even the, like you go, these, the country music is so huge. Pop country. Oh yeah. They're the biggest fans of rock and roll. Oh they yeah. Dude, they all, they all want to be Nickelback. They, <laughs> dude, if you listen to this shit, like, like Hardy and Jelly Roll, they yeah. all, all the guitar yeah. tones are fucking Nickelback. Yeah. 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 It's like Mark Tremonti taught everybody how to play guitar. <laughs> like it's great. Yeah. The fans love rock and roll. Yep. You know, they're literally oh, yeah. listening to rock and roll playlists before they go on stage. It's, and, uh, it's that's fucking great. Like, and I mean, yeah. too, like I'll listen to con I'll listen to Kanye or I'll listen to fucking J Cole before I go on stage and then go out and play seven minute jams. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not, yeah. it's about what, what you, that's a really good point. It's about what you feel. It's not as much about who it is or like what type of genre it is. That's a great point. Yeah. You just enlightened me. Holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Uh, so where you guys are in Oregon tonight, where does the tour go after this? Seattle. Seattle. Oh, so you're just yeah. hitting the whole grunge pocket right now. Yeah, I love Seattle. I love hey. playing in Seattle. Yeah. You look like you could have survived in Seattle in '94. You know what I mean? Like I you got the hair. Might have died too. Might have died. <laughs> Probably would have died. Probably. Yeah, pretty- I think we, we all would have. Let's let's yeah. not lie. You know what I mean? Yeah. But peer how- pressures. <laughs> A oh, bitch, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't go back to Germany. Apparently, that's your only <laughs> big spot, brother. Yeah. But, dude, uh, this has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, everybody go stream the new album. Just came out last month. I apologize. Can you guys hear the baby crying in the background? No. No. Not at all. Oh, really? This mic no. is fucking awesome. I got a two-month-old yeah. who's just going nuts. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, 
But no, nah, dude, we're fans over here. I'd love to sit down with you. We have another series coming out called The Co-Write, where we sit down yeah. with songwriters and uh, we take one of their big songs and we break it down from the original voice memo demo all the way through the final version. Um, I love that. Would love to sit down with you and do that. You always have a seat open here. Tell the fucking Blue Stones they can fuck themselves in the Raptors suck. Uh, oh, and by the way, who, who's your teams? Like, we haven't even gotten into that yet. Like, what's I'm your a Buffalo Bills fan? All I, right, I'm dude. I'm a Buffalo Bills fan till the day I die. I'm a wild Buffalo Bills fan. For a while, our social media was just me ranting about Bills stuff, like for like three years, actually. I mean, like, you guys I'm like- sick of this fucking losing culture, <laughs> shit like that. I mean, you guys look good. Have you ever ever jumped through a table or no? Have you been? Never jumped through a table. Oh, you're not full Bills Mafia then. Uh, That's what they say, but I'm not jumping through a fucking table. I love the Bills. I'm not jumping through a table. That is my favorite fan base that isn't my own. Yeah. We're electric. We're electric. Like, yeah. There was like this meme going around, like, of girls, like, if he's a Buffalo Bills fan, like, no. And like, I took so much pride in that. (laughs) (laughs) because we are we're crazy people we're all we're all kind of like uh we should all be wwe wrestlers like yes dude you guys are the dudley boys you're the dudley boys (laughs) you're literally devon you're devon get the tables you know what i mean like you guys spray ketchup and mustard on each other you eat pizza out of fucking out of uh what are the filing cabinets you slam each other through tables and you don't win super bowls dude it's what you guys do you're great at it we will we will Dude, I think, uh, really I think this right year, now. I think this year is the best we've ever been. Listen I'm to me, dude. Right Give me an Eagles, Eagles, Bills Super Bowl, and the world will fucking burn. It like will that, burn. That would be the greatest <laughs> tailgate of all time. And look at the bright side. Dave's a Bears fan. There, there are worse options. Oh yeah, that is tough, man. Yeah, that's a tough. <laughs> that's a tough environment right now. I'm a Bears White Sox fan. It's uh, nothing yeah. but pain and misery. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, there's not even like there's not even like enough uh it's there's like mundane even, pain no <laughs> it's perpetual just like even pain like it's i don't even notice it anymore because it's just like constantly there yeah. they just got the monkey on his back of sadness he's just <laughs> yeah. all what would you do if the bears want to soup like what would even be i don't i think i would be legitimately speechless Right. Like, I don't think I could speak because like my brain wouldn't be computing what would be happening in front of my eyes. So yeah. I would short circuit or so I would, I would pull the, what's it, what's it called? <laughs> um, Mitch, the glitch. Oh, you yeah. missed McConnell. The bills win the Super Bowl this year. Are you crying? Oh yeah. Oh, sure. Good answer. But like unbelievable, like just you know, I'll be a fucking mess, man. Like <laughs> when the like birds won, when the birds won, my king. Oh, Josh Allen's the greatest, the greatest living human, dude. He's, <laughs> He's the, the greatest man. thing that happened to Buffalo in like ever. <laughs> ever. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> it is funny what Buffalo brings to the world because it's like it's Jim Kelly and then like yeah. 30 years and nothing, and then Josh yeah. Allen. It's like we don't have any like great. Like politicians, you have like the Goo Goo Dolls, you got that, and you got Benny the Butcher. But oh yeah, are they from Buffalo? Really? I yeah. didn't know that. Huh? Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty yeah, damn good. That's pretty damn. We had Johnny Res. <laughs> we had Johnny Resnick on not long ago, and the first like twenty minutes was me just being like, "So Buffalo, huh?" He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Sweet, <laughs> hell yeah, brother." <laughs> Does he still live there? 
No. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he got his first check from fucking Iris and he was like, I'm the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know what? It's actually a sweet city. I defend I, Buffalo. It's it's quite beautiful. There's some beautiful parts. But, uh, we can talk about that later. There is something to be said, though, about being the biggest fish in a small pond. Like, Johnny Resnick could literally be the king of, like, just sit on a throne in the middle of Buffalo oh, yeah. if he wanted to. Like just, iron throne, yeah. Yeah, you could just sit on the Iron Throne, or you can go to L.A. and be everybody else, you know what I mean? Well, I kind of wonder that with the players, like, because there's this weird balance of, like, do they, like, really like it there, or is it because they get to be, like, the kings? Of, like, there's a little bit of a trade-off there. Like, you go to right. L.A., L.A. is, like, you know – Let's say Micah Hyde in LA. He's right. probably not going to be that known. In Buffalo, no. he is like literally royalty. Right. Yeah. And he's stick at football, obviously. But awesome. in Los Angeles, I mean, I feel yeah. like I feel like Josh Allen could walk up to anybody in Buffalo and be like, give me your car keys. And they just give him their car. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I give him my car. I give him my car, car dude. <laughs> also, he's like, he's a behemoth. So I don't think I could stop him if he wanted it. You no. know what I mean? Josh Allen no. could just walk up to any – he is the king of Buffalo, and I think that's pretty fucking sick. Yeah. Goddamn. I don't know how we got there, but that's a good way to end the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> all right, brother. This yeah. has been an absolute pleasure. Kill it on the road. Great new record. Come back whenever you want, all right? Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, man. All right, so that was Glorious Sons. Go check them out on the road. Listen to the new album, Glory. Great guys. Great interview. Uh, let's go on the on list, off the list. Uh, Johnny, since it's your first time back, who's on your list? Is it Greece? Uh, Dante's on my list. Mm. If he would ever come on the podcast. Have I been on the podcast more than him the last month? Yes. Close. <laughs> no, Close. he's on my list, man, because uh, we were in Italy for five days. He gave me a bunch of recommendations for restaurants, and they were fucking amazing. Dante's the best guy on earth to get food yeah. reps. Well, he really yeah. is, man. It's crazy. Anywhere yeah. he's he's the best. What is and it? Just saves the... you the time because it's like you not. I mean, especially now that like it worked. I guess it's my first time. It could have gone wrong where it's like he sent me some shithole. But like now, I know I can trust his opinion really well. So it's oh, yeah. like I don't have to do research if he's done a research in a city. You know. Yeah. What's the best meal you had overseas? Do you have like one that like stood out to you? I think it was in Rome. It might have like I don't know if I'd say it was the place he sent me to, although that was up there. Just getting like a slice of like Roman style pizza, you know, mm. just from a shop. Like it's like li- the little things, not some crazy fancy meal or anything. Like yeah, those yeah, little yeah. the little ones that stick out. A couple beat like meals on the beach in Greece, you know, like just it's hard to judge whether it's the food or the fact that you're like sitting on the beach in like the most beautiful place ever. Did you eat a lot of uh, octopus over there? I didn't eat a lot of octopus. I ate a lot of uh Fair amount of anchovies. I d- nice. Dude, yes. One of the best pieces of pizza I had in uh, Rome was anchovies on it. And I yeah. love anchovies. They do this thing where they marinate them in like a lot of lemon. So they get mm. just basically like almost pickled. Right. And amazing. I don't get why people don't like anchovies. Dave, are you an anchovy guy? I wasn't. It's because what they look, they look in and the word anchovy just sounds gross. I like yeah, it. I feel I, like, they're delicious once you try them. I agree, yeah. but I never tried them to like, fuck. I think the first time I ever tried them is they were mixed into a nice steak tartare I had. Mm. I was like, what's in that? Like, what? They're like, ancho, and they like, and caper, whatever they mix into it. And yeah, after that, big time fan. I'm a big fan of anything briny, olives, yeah. uh, anchovies, sardines. It's in our, anything it's like in that. our blood, Colin. Yeah. Definitely. I feel like in if I blood. don't get something briny, 
like four or five times a week, it's I start feeling bad. Can I ask you guys a question? Am I like exceedingly white today? Well, more I'm also I've got like my orange filter on. Dude, I like just looked in the camera and I'm like, holy shit, Dave. I saw you comment on a picture of us from Chicago and said, Colin is so white. From you, <laughs> that's a wild statement. <laughs> I I don't radiate it like you do. This is crazy. I need to see the fucking sun. Holy shit. Yo, go and I had to pick some grass, man. Dude, I've been in me and my wife call our living room the cave. Because we get like no sunlight in our living, we have giant windows, but for some reason we get no sunlight in our living room. And I'm just with the baby all the time, so I'm just in the cave. It's fucking terrible. Um, Kenny, who's on your list? I got a couple. I was trying to th- trying to find really, uh, yeah, I was trying to find an on and off, and I came up with a couple. Can I give you a few of them? I'll do it really quick. Knock yourself out. Kanye's on my list. Same because I saw <laughs> I saw an article. Uh, with his uh Julia Fox X or whatever, she put out like a book, and one of the, this is one of the excerpts. And Johnny, you're gonna love this, right? Writing in her book, she remembered that they were out for, like going on a dinner date. Kanye just starts peeing on the wall, <laughs> like outside the restaurant. So I jump in front of him, yelling at passerbys not to take photos. Once he zips his pants back up, he puts his arms around me, pulls me in, kissing me passionately. Then out of nowhere, he says. I he offered her to pay for a boob job. Then they spent the rest of the night playing Uno in the hotel. Dude, I'm like he's okay. the fucking best. Do I love him. I I love him. I think I love him. Okay, quickly moving on. Will Ferrell, USC party. Oh yeah. And I've seen him show up at like his son's concerts and stuff like that. Like he's what a fucking dude, man. Everybody loves a fucking Will Ferrell. It was great. Uh, and then the last one was. 1975, uh, I don't really give a shit too much about them. I do like them, but they played the bowl out here, which is a big, one of the biggest spots out here. Next night, they played the Roxy, which is like a 350 cap. So, like, that's sick. Good for bands for for pulling those shows. You saw that he they're going on hiatus because he basically is, like, going to go to, like, sensitivity training because he went on Come Town with Adam Freeland and Nick Mullen and said some wild shit about Ice Spice. And yeah, now so like everybody thought that he was hard and was saying cool shit. And now he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And you're like, oh, you were a pussy. You ruined it. You dude, you were funny for like five seconds. I was in. Now. Yeah, it's over now. It's over. Uh, Con, dude, Con, the world needs Kanye back. World we need him back. Kanye, always. Did you did you see his trademark this week? He went to the patent office and trademarked a word. What word? Use Jews with a Y. <laughs> I, I, if, if we're, Donald Trump. Picks Kanye as a running mate without question 100%. They got my vote. Yes, my ballot, dude. Pass it yeah. out. Absentee. Let's go. Dude, I just want RFK to run. I want him to win. Who is president right now? I've been out of it. George Soros? George Soros. <laughs> How much time you got, buddy? Dude, I don't. Uh, uh, RFK, have you ever. Are any of you guys 30 Rock fans? I love watch 30 not, Rock. Not big. No. They have this one episode where, like, Alec Baldwin's character wants to back a, this like candidate from New England who's like a crazy conspiracy theorist to try and like defeat the Democrats in the city or something like that. And it's John Slattery. He's one of the guys from Mad Men, but he's a fucking lunatic conspiracy theorist. And it, I, that's what I want RFK to be. Like, if you're going to run, go hard. Go hard. Like, please. I'm done with politics for the night. Uh, Dave, <laughs> who's on your list? Uh, who's on my list? I'm going to go with uh road trips road trips with the fellas are always fun mm. um yeah just load up on a shit ton of junk food and tell a bunch of lies to each other is the best 
You guys have been going hard on road trips recently. You've been going to all these different college towns. How was uh how was Missouri? Uh it was okay. I mean, it was fun. We had a great time, but like I've seen a decent amount of college campuses now. That was probably towards the bottom bottom of the barrel. Um what's number one? I love Madison. Madison's so much fucking fun. And there's it's like a Madison's like a cool city too. Yeah. Um it's gotta be Madison. Wait, did you go to Springfield? Uh, we drove through it because the Mizzou campus is fucking tight. Mizzou, that's where you were, wasn't it? That's where I was. Yeah, that's in Columbia. Yeah. Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know. I thought it was just completely meh. Damn, Kenny loves Mizzou too. You can tell he's very hurt right oh, now. It was one. Of, no, it was <laughs> oh, when you tour a lot. There's some cities that surprise you, like a Lawrence, Kansas, or a Des Moines, Iowa, or a fucking yeah. I've I've been to both. Both of yeah, those. You're like you go there expecting the so. worst day of your life, and you're yeah. like, yo, look at all these cool stores and good food, and like that's university. so funny. That's so funny you bring up Lawrence, Kansas, because like our documentary series, you know, the one we did, it opens in Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, so I'm surprised that you said like, oh, it surprised you because it's so cool. Because all my memory of that is like fucking hell, the most depressing thing. And it's probably just because we were in our heads about like label shit, this, that, and the other. Yeah. We had like one person come to our VIP. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> you rather not have so one. Just then. Like, John, you and I went to the worst city on earth together. What was it? Oh. It was Hayes, Kansas. We had a day off in. Oh a- yeah, yeah. Kansas and it was I used to deliver freight to Hayes, Kansas. It's one of the worst places I've ever seen in my I life. Hayes, Kansas is like pretty ass, much right? the middle of America, like literally the middle of America. Yeah, right? it's six hundred pound dudes in overalls with canes going to the Chinese buffet inside the mall. It's fucking brutal. It's fucking sick, dude. Brutal. Dude, I, there's nothing like going into a mall in the middle of America and there's just like a like a fake chains kiosk next to like a Chick-fil-A, and there's just the worst looking people you've ever seen in your entire life. Good times, dude. Love it. God bless them. Good times. Uh, my on the list is Spheres. The Vegas Sphere opened. I love it. Like, I've seen a lot of people going back and forth like, oh, this is too much. Oh, it's like IMAX, whatever. Dude, it'd be sick to get in there. Like, that's, that's I think it's sick. I just think it's like, you two, really? Come on. What is it that people hate about you two? Every, I'm trying uh, to figure this out. Everything. I- Fucking hate their guts for that free Apple thing that plays. Is it like, the, is it still the Apple thing? We haven't gotten I over that yet. I hate them for it. I like you too. I will I die on this hill. Yeah, I don't. I don't get, think they got two good songs. The, Ed, and the rest of their music sucks. Oh, that's wrong. That's no. wrong. Everybody wants to just like fuck Elevation up. one, and that's it. Oh my god, dude! There's so many good U2 songs. Joshua yep. Tree is like a perfect record. Yeah, they got a lot of good songs. I, I don't get the hate for them. Really? I think I hate I, people, mostly. I get that. If you want to say, like, okay, Bono, like, you go a little, you, you know, you're trying too hard, whatever. I get that. If it's the Apple thing, we can move on. They fixed it. It's over. But is I this a what? It's a lifelong grudge. It's no. It's until at, at least until I get a new car, which I plan on running the <laughs> Nissan Altima into the fucking ground the champagne one yeah i do fuck with the fact that dave owns a house but the car just like you won't make the investment into the car you're just gonna run you're gonna drive that until the wheels fucking fall off um, that is that's like smart nice economics car. dude i respect economics. it i respect it why would i get a nice ass car in downtown chicago that's actually a really good point i just gotta it's it's like it gets me from a to b and it's not like embarrassing looking that's all i need i'm a sucker for cars <laughs> 
I I'm not. I don't care about cars. I, I, I would if I could. If like I had a garage and shit like that. Oh, just get a get the club, the thing for the the steering wheel. Get a club, yeah. you'll be fine. Um, dude, I shout out to anybody who still has the club because there's a couple dudes on my block with I've the club. It. That's a you know what? Speaking of the move. club, I started uh seeing this shit come up on my TikTok recently. This guy's account where all he does is search out and find like old old cars by old i mean like 80s maybe early 90s with zero miles on them like brand fucking new and he'd be like yo check out this 1987 toyota corolla and it's brand new and you're like that's kind of dope dude where does it where does he find them i just different lots or in different because then he does like the tour right he's like look the seats are perfect the dash looks brand new like and then like he'll like open the door and remember when the seatbelts were auto it would like yeah yeah oh yeah so sick uh, is that is that right now like your instagram like algorithm is like shit like that yeah most of my shit is like th- things i'm not allowed to talk about on this podcast uh lots of cars what can't you talk about on this podcast uh i like to i no, i can't even i can't even fucking say it man don't um, fucking fire me from this job my algorithm right now is all golf videos and fart videos it's all fart videos dude yeah, I got a lot of funny fart videos and uh, like handyman shit, like building. Stuff. <laughs> well, mine was Something titties, I'll and never I do. mine was titties, and I I didn't ask for that. It was I, when like everybody's algorithm went to titties, and I did not ask for that whatsoever. I love the fart videos where people are like, <clears throat> "Oh yeah, hide your farts, <laughs> yeah, cover your." It shows my maturity like, level. Take um, your leg. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah. Or like when they walk in an elevator and fart, and then everybody in the elevator is like, "Dude, did you just the fart?" Of a wall used to do that shit all the time it didn't if it was even a grandma sweet old grandma in an elevator man and it would be so loud as soon as the door is closed and you're like <laughs> love that um all right off the list johnny anything uh i don't know i'm i'm, I'm not as much of a hater as you guys it's i like guess vacationing man i just i've done yeah, yeah. Of it. i'm yeah. tired <laughs> johnny's no, like jet lag got- from international travel <laughs> So funny because that was like three or four weeks ago now. I feel like, yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Well, good. Fuck him. Yeah, uh, no, I, I, I get come back to me. I'll see if I can think of something. I got one. I got what one got? that Colin will like a lot. What is it? Ever getting him on the cast anymore? Uh, old Corgan's off my, off my list this week. <laughs> what did Billy do? Yo, old Bill, old Willie boy. Um, he got married. So first off, he's he's now in charge of his own Instagram. And he straight up posts like a 53-year-old new dad. It's incredible. Like the captions are so funny. And then he got married and he posted a lot of stuff about his wedding and shit. Beautiful, whatever. He was in a skirt, of course. Then there's a video of him playing Tonight Tonight at the reception. And in my head, I go... I don't I don't believe that one person asked you to play that song. I just can't believe <laughs> that anybody goes, play tonight tonight, as opposed to him be like, mm, I'm gonna play everybody something. Jesus Christ. Billy, come on the podcast, man. It's all we want. Please. <laughs> it's all I've ever asked for. Uh Dave, anybody off your list? Um, Dante for not showing up. No call, no show. We should fire his fucking bitch ass. Every um, other job you get fired for it. Who else do the I? Problem with Dante right is that for the last three days, like, yeah, I'm there. No problem. I'm there. So excited. Can't wait. I'm so excited for this podcast. No call, no show. Bitch ass. Um, who else do I is pissing me off right now? Um, yo, how about that? And speaking of baseball, because Dave, baseball, uh, what's his name? Trevor Bauer. Tyler oh Trevor. yeah, dude, that shit's fucking crazy. 
crazy. And the crazy thing is that all that happened is charges were dropped and like no suits were filed. She didn't even get a fucking spank on the wrist. Your opposition has the attention. Crazy. I'm sorry. Oh, I thought um, you were playing a, I thought you were playing no, a clip. No, it wasn't. It was a targeted ad that wouldn't shut up. Um, <laughs> That's just crazy. Yeah, it is pretty fucking wild. Uh, I kind of knew about that through my network in baseball, like, as it was going on, and I never said a word because I would get fucking crucified if I did. Yeah. yeah. But um, but now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, now. It's now like, that the shit's out, you're like... Jeez. I would love to know who's you know it that that too's on my list. The her representative, whoever's like legally repping her, because that guy's so bad at his job. Yeah. I like I, I feel good about how I am at my job. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, yeah. It can't be any worse than like, that guy. It can't and like who why would you let her on that fucking show, you moron? Insane. God damn. That's I mean, it's all done already with her, at least. So it's like, just shut up in her seat. And, like, you look like in, like, uh, whatever. Um, so, yeah, that guy. That guy for making me feel better about myself. Boom. Uh, I got one more on the list and one off the list. My on the list is Jason Momoa. I don't know if you saw this, but, like, uh, he's uh, on the show, or he's in the movie Aquaman with Amber Heard, the chick from the Johnny Depp trial. Apparently, he was coming to the set of Aquaman 2, hammered, dressed like johnny depp and to try to get her fired which is a fucking <laughs> six bite move i love that uh am i off the list is john cusack because today is the anniversary of the dave and white Sox, the white Sox dave and john cusack it is battle it is. And i'm surprised no one brought that up at the office today today is the two-day anniversary between me and cusack i can't believe that was two years jesus yeah. that's crazy time does not exist what were you, were you guys you know in uh in in um What's uh fucking what the Chris Farley movie? Which one? Tommy that Boy. One. Tommy, but thank you, Tommy Boy. I was thinking of an Adam Sandler name. Anyways, and Tommy Boy when at the end when he's got the like road flare strapped to him, yeah. and one of the guys is watching TV with his wife. He's like, "Yo, honey, I buy uh I buy brake pads off that guy." Like, <laughs> is that how you guys were when you saw that shit? No, what happened was my phone started <laughs> blowing up going, yo, what's up with your boy? And I said, what are you talking about? They're like, go on Twitter and look at what Sox Dave is doing. And I was like, oh, my God. It's still one of my favorite memories of all time. It, it perfectly encapsulates who you are as a human, and I love you for it. Thank you. <laughs> it's per perfectly Dave. Didn't even know cameras were rolling. It's a beautiful thing. And I, I still stand with you. Perfectly Dave is a great T-shirt, by the way. Perfectly Dave. Simply Dusty. Is there any other kind? Oh, uh, I think I have a few new band names. Oh, here we go. Let's close it out. I don't know. You know, as always, I don't know which ones I can say. I don't care. What did I write down recently? I wrote a couple of good ones. <laughs> <laughs> Selma Kayak. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Somebody sent me a picture of uh, like an AI picture generator of Selma Kayak, and it's just a kayak with her head. At the top, at the front. <laughs> Great cans. Fucking good. That's actually one of the only ones. I can't say the other two that I put on there. Fair enough. Uh, thank you to Glorious Sons for coming on this week. Uh, next week, I don't know who we have yet, but I'm assuming there might be something brewing. Uh, that will be pretty fucking sweet. Uh, Ace stopping by at the end. Uh, Johnny, welcome back. Kenny, anything else for me? Of course not, dude. All right, Dante, thank you very much. Great, great conversation. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Fuck you guys. We love you. Yeah, bye.